I found it myself that I was starting to worry about the future, knowing that he hadn't got a steady job, you know. But now he's a year out of work now, and uh, we're sort of managing. But after this year, it's going to be hard because there are a lot more people out of work, and his chances of getting a job will be that much smaller than it is now, you know. I am out of work at the moment, and uh, I became redundant from uh, NET factory in 1980, on the 5th of June last. And this is why I seem to have a bit of time on my hands at the moment. Uh, everybody has become very work conscious, money conscious. There isn't the spending that there was in Arco. And it's, you know, it's becoming very obvious now. Every time you pick up the paper, lots of houses for sale. During the past year, the town of Arkler has suffered successive shockwaves due to the redundancies at various industries in the town. Out of a population of about 9,000, about 1,000 workers, one way and another, have felt no longer wanted. Because I really spelt it out to them now that I'm unemployed, things will have to change a little, like, you know. Um, they will have to look for some type of, uh, shall we say, part-time work, like, you know, the boys who are going to vocational school and uh, things like that. That was one of the things that I met, made quite clear to him, like, and uh, of course my wife, she became more aware of the fact, like, you know, that there was no um, overtime on the doll. You just had your basic uh, income each week, and uh, she had to uh, make all the, uh, make adjustments in the family budget just to deal with the money coming from the doll. Anne Barnes and her husband Michael have nine children. Michael was let go after 14 years. That's a, an oil tanker. Kevin, where are the rest of your dinkies? Come on now, school's over. Come on. Goodbye. Here's your coat. Come on. At the play school in Arklow, Michael's wife, Anne, collects her children. But what about the mothers of such children? Who will help them cope? That's the thought that occurred to Miriam Conway, preschool organiser. The pre-vocational self-development course in Arklow came about um, through my contact with Deirdre Clear from the Eastern Health Board, who works in Arklow, who had heard about um, ANCO's involvement in retraining women to go back to work. And in Arklow, the ISPCC run a rainbow preschool, which is one of 11 preschools around the country. And we had a group of women who were interested in pursuing some form of pre-vocational course because they would like to return to work at some stage. And um, I made contact with ANCO, uh, with Margaret Murphy in ANCO, and she got the course organised and we got a tutor, Maureen Carmody, and the course ran for four weeks. The result was a course designed specifically for women who wanted to return to work. Not all the women who came have husbands who were unemployed. Sadie Sullivan initially came for the £15 a week that the course paid to those who attended. 
She is 29 and has six children. Well, first we heard about it in the nursery and a woman came down and asked us and it was, was really the money I went for in the beginning. It was the children were minded while I was there, like they were in the nursery. But um, it was the money I went for. But when I got to it, then I found that, you know, I enjoyed it, like, as well, after. Um, what did you enjoy about it, particularly? Well, really, you got in and out route, you know what I mean? And you were doing the same thing day after day. You were, you know, I mean, going to the school, coming back, and that's the way you were in that route. But then when you went to this, you kind of opened you out more to other things that you could do, you know, you feel that you're, there's nothing you can do, like you're just a housewife, there's nothing else you can do. But when you went to it, you found that you got more self-confidence in yourself. Um, you learn to mix more with the people, like, you know, and you listen to them as well, you know, it be just hello every other day, you just pass by, talk about the weather, but you kind of helped each other with it, in it you know. Anne Barnes joined her. Some of the mothers were a bit apprehensive and said, no, I wouldn't like to go in, you know. But then 13 or 14 of us decided we'd like to chance it. We had never had it before, never had anything like that. Not since I was in school, I hadn't been to a class. But it worked out that it was a marvellous experience. ENCO already had EEC funds for the vocational training of women. But for an exercise which was, in some ways, experimental and new to the town, who would they get? They got Maureen Carmody, who had a background of group work, a practical sympathy for women, and had, within that year, moved to Arkla. I have been um, a marriage counsellor for the last six years with the Marriage Counselling Service in Dublin, and in there we have done some training courses for fellow professionals, social workers, that kind of person, Samaritans, and I have also done work in group dynamics consultancy and I found this very useful as well. The two sort of went together and presented a whole which fitted this particular programme. And what was the object of the course? The object of the course was to develop a self-reliance and independence amongst the women that would help them to cope with their own particular life situation. And this life situation didn't necessarily mean getting a job, did it? I think the first course didn't specifically mean getting a job, no, partly because um, Arclo, in Arclo employment is not really readily available and partly because the women still had preschool children, therefore, of definition, they weren't ready to go to work immediately. But maybe sometime in the future, having developed this new self-concept, they would feel able to go out and get a job. I had to design the course completely from scratch. I had never done a course like this one before, so that it was tailor-made for this particular situation. ANCO had not imposed on me any regulations or rules about what kind of course I should put on, just ask me to do the course. I therefore took five elements, which I decided I would put into the course, one for each day in the week, and it was for four weeks, so there were going to be four repeats of every particular element. The first one was to look at 
the past of the people who were on the course and the influences that have made them what they were. Then the second one looked at the processes that the girls went through when they were making decisions and choices and maybe to examine whether they really had a choice, whether we could broaden the scope of those choices. Um, we also used role plays as another element to look at communications, how you communicate with the people in your family, your immediate neighbours and so on, and how you communicate particularly with authority figures such as the religious, guardy, teachers, uh, welfare officers, and that kind of authority figure. What surprised some of the women was the extent to which they began to enjoy the sessions. We had four weeks going in every morning again, nine o'clock, and uh, morning comedy around the course, and she was fantastic. A lot of girls there had never sort of been in a group situation since they'd left work, and they'd been sort of at home all the time with the kids, and they found it a relief to get out and mix with women of mostly of their own age. And then the course itself, it taught most of us to have a bit of self-reliance, you know, to know that we had capabilities not just as housewives or as mothers, but that if we felt we wanted to go out to work, we had enough in us to make it. How was that done? Well, every, uh, every day you're, a different subject was taken. The first day it was yourself. Then the next day we had mock interviews, for instance. And uh, each person had to play the part of the interviewer and the interviewee. And that alone gave self-confidence. And... Uh, most of the girls, like, some of them drew back a little bit when we said we'd have to act the part, you know. But again, the f first week was over, everyone was relaxed. And then we, they had one day of um, craft work. Everybody picked something to do. Some girls done embroidery, some girls done knitting, some girls done soft toys. Girls did things with their hands they never thought they could do. The girls who made the soft toys were amazed how simple it was to make soft toys. I embroidered a tablecloth I had never embroidered before. And after a week, you found a tool answering, you know, your points and everything, rather than just sit there and say nothing. Like, you know, everybody was answering back. You know, the questions, whereas the first day, if she asked a question, there was only an odd one or two answering, you know. And that we had to dig away a lot of dross in order to get down to what they were really capable of. And all this takes away from their self-confidence when they're facing somebody who knows full well what their role and their authority is. And they're not able to face them. They're not able to cope with the situation. They get all tangled up with nasty feelings from their own childhood. And, you know, we took apart all these situations and looked at them. How did you take them apart? I asked the group to present particular situations which were problems for them. Um, did they find it a problem if they had to face a school teacher, or if for some reason they had to go down to the Garda station about something did they find a problem there they would then act through this problem um, one of them would play the part of the authority figure the other would play the part of the person coming in to see them and we would sit and watch this being played through and then after it had happened we'd look at just what had been happening in this interview how sort of things from the past had distorted the communication that was going on between them. 
Right, for this particular exercise, I want to look at how we cope with ourselves and other people in interview situations. And one of the interviews I thought we might do would be for a mother and a teenage daughter to have a confrontation, as it were. Now, Anne, you have lots of experience with teenagers. <laughs> could you present a problem so that Sadie could play the part of a teenager and you can be the mother in the interview? Right. Well, um, I think that uh, a lot of mothers nowadays are being confronted with the problem of teenage daughters, especially wanting to live away from home. And uh, at 17 to 18, I don't feel that they're really capable of managing on their own. Now, Sadie, you were the teenage daughter. What do you think? I'm the daughter now, Tom. Yeah. Um, I feel that I'm able to go. All the rest of the girls are going to Dublin now to get a flat. Can I go? Well, do you feel you have enough experience to mind yourself, Sadie? I think so. And what about the money problem? Do you think you're earning enough now to be able to afford a flat, feed and clothe yourself? I do. I'll spare it all out and I'll have enough for my flat. <laughs> well, I don't think you have the capabilities of sparing a house. You haven't the price of ten fags of a Wednesday as it is. Yeah, well, say I'm going to give them up when I go up there. I'm going to give them up and I, I won't go out as much as it in. Like, I just like to be independent myself. Well, do you have to go so far away from home to be independent? Dublin's not very far. I mean, I can come down on the train at weekends and go back on a Monday morning. It's not very far. It's as near as I can get, but well, I'm still away from home. Have you someone to share the flat with? Have you got a friend? Yes, there's two of us going, so we'll share everything, all the expenses. And jobs? What about the job prospect? Yes, plenty of jobs going up there. We have two jobs lined up and all. We've everything planned before we asked. Well, I suppose if you're that determined to go, I won't stand in your way, but you know you can come home whenever you feel like it. Well, as long as I know I can go. I try it anyway. Uh, and did that, did that, doing that exercise help you in, in the case of something that might occur in your own family? Yes, well, I feel if you have a problem at home, and even if it's only acting it here, well, you'll remember when you do come up with a problem like that, and you'll be able to answer much quicker. Or, you know, not just off the top of your head, you'll stop and think, well, is she old enough? Or has she, you know, like when I asked her, had she made up her mind about the money thing? Well, she had everything all pat. She was going to give up cigarettes. She was going to stop in at night. The great she stayed at home and did all that. <laughs> Sadie, how did you come up with those answers? Uh, had, you, had, you, had you been in an, a situation where you'd had to confront your own mother about leaving home? Or how, how were you able to come up with the answers that pat? Well, I think we'd done it in the course, really. I think that's why I had the answers. We had done a few different... Um, lessons in it, you know, how to deal with it, that's all. What was the exercise in the course that gave you the most insight into the situation that you might have to have in your own life? Well, I think that giving the children their own free choice, like, was one that I found myself that was very good. Giving them the right to make their own decisions, where we kind of expect them to do what we want them to do the whole time now. I thought that was the best part of it. And how old are your children? Uh, one, seven, six, five... Four, two, and a girl, eight. And um, um, decisions about what kinds of things would you let them now make up their own minds on? Well, like Maureen said, if you feel like stopping in the bed, stop in it and let them get up and do their breakfast, no matter what mess you have to face when you go down or making their own bed, now I'll try to start that. They might not win amateur acting awards, 
But that was not the purpose. The purpose was understanding of their own situation. Right. Um, I thought the situation we'd use was this. Um, we have the teacher, Sadie, if you'd play the teacher, and Anne, if you would be the parent. You're the mother of an eight-year-old girl. You've just come home from hospital with a new baby, and you have caught the flu. You have kept your eight-year-old girl at home to help you to run the house and look after the baby because you're not really able to do it yourself and you have had a note from the school, from the teacher, saying that your child has been away from school for two weeks and she would like to see you about it. Could you take it from there? I'm Sadie. I'm uh, Mrs Barnes and I had a note from you via one of the other pupils regarding my daughter being out of school for two weeks and uh, I want to apologise for for not sending you a note. I should have done, I know that. Yes, but Vanessa is after falling an awful lot behind the other children in her work and did not think it was unfair of you to keep her home to help you when she needs her to help for her in school. Well, uh, I wouldn't have kept her home if it hadn't been absolutely impossible to manage without her. I'm not long out of hospital, as you know, and uh, she's the eldest of them. And it was handy because she could go on the messages for me. I'm not able to go out just yet. And I know that she might be behind a little bit, but she's fairly bright, and I'd say she'll pick up when she comes back. Yes, but she's after falling eight weeks behind the rest of the children. Now they're going on the whole time, and she's still eight weeks behind the rest of them. Is there, uh, was there no one else relations you could have got rather than keep the child home, depriving her of learning? Well, there wasn't anyone. If there had been, I would have. Her daddy's working, and he can't stay at home. In this day and age, you can't give a man home to look after children. You must keep the house should be a friend or a neighbour or someone that could have got a few messages rather than you keeping her home. Well, be everybody no need for a child to lose school like that. Well, everybody has their own family to rear, and no one can come in and give you 12 hours of their time every day, and uh, I needed Vanessa, and uh, I wouldn't have kept her home if I hadn't have needed her. But housework do any time. A message, any child could have got a message for you after school, any woman passing up the road would have got a message for you, I'm sure, rather than keeping her home. Well, I think it's the first time you've ever had to send for me, and uh, I think I'm quite capable of making decisions about my own children, and if well, she's that far behind, I, I look at it. the last time that I'd have to deal with it, because I really don't think it's fair to her at all now. The Holy Communion is coming up and everything, and she's just far behind now in her religious and everything, so I hope it doesn't happen again. Well, please God, it won't happen again, but uh, I'll try and help her at home anyway. The response was tremendous. Uh, they took such a pleasure in learning about things that must have seemed very strange to them when they were first presented. It seems very strange when somebody asks you uh, how you choose your brand of toothpaste, for example, which we did on one occasion. Yet when they began to look at all the things that influenced them when they maybe were just buying a brand of toothpaste, it became applicable to so many things and they became very involved in it. They really were tremendous. The nature of the exercise was self-exploration for them. Parts of it were, yes. And this was a very important part. If you can't get in touch with yourself, how can you get in touch with anybody else out there? And did you then meet them privately outside of the group if you thought it would be useful or there was a deficiency there you wanted to bring up? I let them know that I was available from 12 o'clock until 1, if any of them would like to talk to me privately, and all of them availed of this time at some stage during the course. 
While Anne and the other girls were thus disporting themselves, back at the ranch, meanwhile, Michael Barnes was minding house, nine children, the garden and the dole. How do you see the effect that the, the self-development course had on Anne? I think it was very beneficial, like, you know, because it's, um, while she didn't speak that much about the course at home, uh, I happened to see some notes she made, and they were notes of uh, personal, or personal feelings on things in life, and I thought this, like, um, it brought out more the way she felt about things, and uh, she could speak to other people and have conversation with people about her own problems. I think this is the important thing, like, you know. And uh, she felt like, looking around the room, uh, she used to say, like, there was girls there expressing themselves that, that they normally would never have the opportunity to do so if there were, if the course never came, around, came about. That feeling is not confined to the recent course in Arklow. Joan Mordant came through a previous programme. I found it very helpful because I, I, that's one of my problems. I don't have enough confidence, and I found it extremely helpful. And also to see these middle-aged women who were going back and who had uh, even perhaps greater problems than I had of confidence, etc., etc. And uh, as a matter of fact, they were 100 times better than I was, and uh, I was encouraged by that. Also, getting out into the actual working environment again was helpful. You know, you were able to see exactly what was ahead of you and, um, you know, uh, work day to day for a week, you know, from Monday to Friday. And uh, I know in my own case, I suddenly realised I went into the course thinking that perhaps I could take on a full-time job and found through it that I couldn't take on a full-time job, but I could take on a part-time job. I found that I, I didn't think I could manage a full-time job. I knew I couldn't with three children. I was born in Dublin, a uh, working-class family, left school at 14, um, kept house for about two years afterwards because my mother was dead and my elder sister, she went out to work and it was my turn and then I went to work, um, went to work in a factory, some shop work. And uh, How long did that go on for? That went on for five years and I was married at 21 and I have three children and um, then I started to go to uh, night classes. I headed out first because um, I was running up against small problems with Irish, we say, in homework. Also, there was the great attraction of something outside the home, something of interest to do. And um, it uh, I always did want to have an education of some sort. You know, I never was satisfied with what I having to stop at 14. So uh, it led on from there then. And uh, at the time I applied for the course, I needed a job because my husband had been in a firm that closed, closed down and he was made redundant. How important do you think the course was in you doing your leaving cert at 36, 37 years of age? Over, I did it over a period of four years. The, the subjects I have so far, I did. What was the connection between the return to work programme and you doing your leaving cert? Um, well, I had already started to do leaving cert when... When I went, when I got the course, when the course came through for me, and it it just gave me, as I said before, an added impetus. It uh, it made me more determined. I realised then that, um, well, eventually, 
you know, um, from just talking, you know, on the course amongst the other women, I realised that there comes a stage in every woman's life when her children have got to a certain stage and they don't need her quite as much. And she's really going to need a job, if not for the financial reasons. She needs it for her own, um, you know, her own reasons of having enough to do, having her own interests, etc. And um, so I was determined then to go on and continue as far as I could in that direction and um, hopefully it would help me then when I did want to get a job. Some of the uh, critics of women's role today say that uh, women should be kept away from learning and knowledge, that their function is to mind the house and have the children and all the rest. And on the other side of the spectrum, the feminists say that uh, women should be weaned away from having children and fulfilling the traditional role of being a wife and a mother and a housekeeper and so on. Between those two extremes of attitude, where, where do you see yourself? Oh, perhaps right in the middle. I think that um, far from weaning women away from, from books and knowledge, they should be encouraged as far as possible because they are the primary educators of children. They're the first educators. They have the, you know, an, an initial impact on a child's mind the more educated the woman it should be. I mean, it, it should be the best impact possible. Also, she will also know what's best for the child and herself. And um, I don't agree that, that uh, women should be encouraged not to have children and to, you know, to, to abandon them. I, I personally have three and I, you know, I wouldn't be without them for the world. And uh, they have added in, um, a huge area to my life that I wouldn't have if I didn't have them. If I, you know, if I wasn't married, I wouldn't have that. And if I didn't have the children, I wouldn't have outlooks. And, uh, you know, aspects of my life have changed and my outlook has changed because I have children. I certainly think that uh, I lie very much in the middle of that. I agree that women shouldn't be totally, um, you know, as my child minders, they shouldn't be totally given over to that and housework. I mean, there's a whole lot of wasted talent, a, a whole lot of wasted talent in the homes of Ireland. But um, they have so much to give, and it's just wasted if they don't get an opportunity to give it to somebody. Lots of them give it to their children. If you've got enough children, you won't have time for anything else. Wasted talent it may be, but can it be redirected to earning power in four weeks? That's the crux in terms of employment. The person with the overall view and the answer is Margaret Murphy of Anchor. We did a follow-up study um, on the first 200 women and 68% um, of those are in full-time work um, and they're still in it. I mean, I, I know where they are. Ranging, ranging over what kind of skills and jobs? Well, um, some of the women, 50% of the women went to further training after they'd done the return to work course and... Um, the, some of the others went straight to work and then some women went home um, because they felt they'd left home too early. They were too, the constraints were more than they had reckoned. So um, the training, the kind of areas of work they went on to were, they went on to clerical work. Uh, quite a lot of them got work as bookkeepers because there's quite a lot of demand for mature people. Uh, to come in as bookkeepers and w once the women liked that work and a lot of them had a great flair for managing finance and so on at home um, they are 
people, firms are very glad to get mature people into that kind of job. On a part-time basis? Well, on a part-time, actually, it's quite a flexible sort of work because it also is the kind of work you can do, um, you know, four hours a day, keep the books kind of thing. Instead of more secretarial, you have to be there at nine on the dot and answering the phone and that, whereas keeping the books is more can be more done on a contract, and that suits women who have families. Um, some of them went into factory work. Um, some women went... Some women went to work, a few women went to work, and after about two years, they did management training, and they're in, if you like, junior management level. They just, I mean, they had the, they had the ability. The satisfactions for her are not only professional. The course that we run works. I mean, we've got a manual now designed, and that I know that that works. In other words, if I take the women from beginning to end of that particular programme. The four-week programme? Yes. And then the second part of that would be interplacement. Getting out into the actual working environment again was helpful. You know, you were able to see exactly what was ahead of you and, um, you know, uh, work day to day for a week, you know, from Monday to Friday. And uh, I know for sure that that works um, it's got the ingredients that women need. And it took us about two years to actually get that uh, that um, manual together because it was, it was finely designed on what we found worked. Um, I suppose it's... I suppose what I found was that nothing I ever said was new to them. I mean, it was inside in them all the time. They, they, they knew what they wanted, but they didn't have any place to say it and by bringing them in and giving them what I'd call a safe environment where they felt they could say they found that they were very valuable people that they had a lot to contribute and they were highly motivated anyway because they'd never have got in because it takes an awful lot to actually go down to manpower someplace and sign on for a course for a woman who's been at home for 20 years and, I mean, it was just seeing women coming in the first day who were very nervous and insecure and meeting them eight weeks later when they looked exhausted but much brighter and sort of slimmer and, you know, they said, I'm jaded, but I feel great. And it was just f- getting the feedback where they felt their families felt they were better and they, were, they felt better about their children. And I think the fundamental reason behind it all for women is economic independence and some of them had to have that and some of them didn't but they they all said that that was a, the the that was the most important um item that they had was this feeling that they had some money that they earned themselves with you know they had a personal check coming to them and um i mean for for a lot of the people who've come in that program that was essential they were supporting families but for those that weren't, they still had this feeling that it's nice to earn money for yourself, you know. Back in Arklow, the women feel a sense of achievement. They are much more aware of the job opportunities that are available in Arklow than they were previously. They're much more aware on a more personal level of their welfare rights. They had outside speakers in. All this gave them and I gave them the idea that they had potential which they had probably never used before as individuals and now as a group 
they have a potential and they have uh, much more awareness about the resources that are available in Arklow that they can use themselves. On a personal level, uh, there is certainly a bond has been created between this particular group of women that might not have existed before. They are very interested in participating in um, self-help group. They're interested in forming some kind of community resource for other people. They want to help old folk get into various community work, get into various community work. Um, and in all of that, are their expectations not being raised, maybe artificially? Not at all, I don't think so. Um, these women... If they don't get a job, for instance, in a recession? Well, the recession is there, and I think everybody has to face that. And these women are quite aware of it, because their husbands, I mean, it would have touched them more than other people. They're living in a town where the recession is rampant and a lot of the men are unemployed. So they're quite aware that the job opportunities at the moment may not be great. But the skills that they've learned will be invaluable to them in other areas. Just because a lot of them would have done factory, which doesn't require any skill. And certainly, if that's available in the pottery or something, they can go back to that. But a, other, a few other women had been typing before, and typing is always useful. And one particular woman is now pursuing a typing course in the regional tech there. And she will hope to do work at home, because she'd like to work from home. Another girl has bookkeeping skills, which she had dropped when she got married and probably thought she'd never use them again. And these were brought to the front during the course. And she, in fact, does bookkeeping at the moment from her home also. The situation regarding unemployment, everyone, I think, is going to have to face the fact that other there will have to be created other job situations rather than the traditional ones that have existed already. And these women could get jobs in people's houses or something. If the jobs aren't available now, at least they will have the confidence to go out and look, whereas four months ago they wouldn't have bothered to go out and look for work. Why did you think when you came in contact with this group of women in the preschool, why did you think that they might have needed some kind of vocational help like this? From talking to them they indicated themselves they would be interested in going back to work, but they didn't know how to go about doing it. The fact, basically, that they are women stuck at home, I think is an indication that any woman stuck at home needs an outlet, and these women weren't getting it because they weren't participating. From top to bottom, this course seems to have been organised by women, for women, right through the various agencies, ENCO, the Health Board, yourself and so on. Do you think that's one of the reasons that has made it work? Um, definitely, I do. When, when the group was getting interested in this idea of the course, I spoke to them about it, Deirdre Clear spoke to them about it, and then we approached ANCO. And Margaret Murphy from ANCO came down to talk to them. And she 
got them really interested in the whole concept of the course. And I feel because she was a woman talking to women, she had more appeal than if they had sent a man down to talk to these women because they might have been intimidated by a man. The fact that the course, the tutor on the course was a woman also meant that they could identify with that person in a way that might not have happened if it had been a male. It certainly created a tremendous bond between the women that I don't think would have happened if a man had organised it. Goodbye, Anne-Marie. Bye, Stephen. This is the Rainbow Preschool in Arklo, and Avril Kelly runs it for us. Avril's originally from Tipperary. What's the advantage of it to you? Well, for me, it's a great advantage because... Uh, I have nine kids, you know, and I never had any of the others in nursery school and they were always a bit apprehensive about starting primary school. So since I started here, there's never any question about going in in the mornings, you know. They just get their coats and say, when are we going to school, ma? You know, it's a complete change from not wanting to go to school. And this little lad can't wait to get in. If there's a day we can't come in with them, there's a bit of an uproar at home. Why can't I go? Why is that? I think it's the atmosphere here. It's a play school, you see, it's not... It's not school as they know, as the other kids know school, you know. And all the kids that come here, very seldom any of them pick up. Maybe the first day they might be a bit frightened, but then the next day they're all dropping their mammies at the gate and running in ahead of them. <laughs> and this guy now is only three. He's gone since he was a year and a half. Marie and all the other little girls, and my other little girl, Vanessa, she's four now. She can't wait to get into the other big school, as she calls it, where our sisters are going. A place to enjoy ourselves might be said of other than the preschool where the idea started. It might also be said of the whole course, of the exercise, of the cooperation between the ISPCC, ANCO, the Health Board. Maureen Carmody. I think it's invaluable for a maturing Irish society that women are given more of a chance to display the potential which they undoubtedly have and haven't had an opportunity to express. If there were more of these courses than in more areas outside of Dublin, then there would be more opportunities for the talents which lie dormant in so many places to be brought forward.